Your Instagram and TikTok algorithm is lying to you about generational wealth. The Fed chair says we're not lowering those interest rates no time soon. And why people would sacrifice more money just to make sure they're making more than you. Tune in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Married and Death Free podcast. This is our main episode. We're coming to you once a week, every Sunday evening, Monday morning. Just know it'll be there for your Monday morning commute. Yes. Me and Shire are just a couple of people that did did a thing, right? We paid off six-figure debt, and we started investing for retirement through out-of-state real estate investing and also through our regular old 401ks and Roth IRAs. We're just two regular people that decided to make a change some time ago, and we've been documenting it here on the podcast. So thank you to our longtime listeners and Welcome to anyone joining us for the first time. Shira, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I think our Sunday is off to a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. We had some family time this morning. We ate breakfast together, which was really nice. Yes. And um, here we are now yeah. in our afternoon. Going to get this conversation kicked off for this podcast. I'm really um Looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts okay, all right, on all right, what we're going to be talking about, but um, how are you? You know, where do I start? Now, I'm doing pretty good. I'm trying to think, because, you know, we just naturally say, oh, I'm good, but I'm trying to think, do I have any more in-depth than that so that our listeners can get a little taste yes, of us? Yes, Marcus needs to get to the gym because yeah. when he doesn't go to the gym, he kind of gets a little cranky. <laughs> Yeah, the gym has definitely become a part of my life, um, and I get disappointed in myself. Let let me say that if I don't, if I'm not, you know, giving it my all, you know, not going four or five times a week. If I miss like two or three times in a week, I feel like man, I just kind of mailed that weekend. So I get a little frustrated with myself. But yes, I will be going after this after this combo shot for sure. Good, I might go with you. Well, let's go. Let's get it in. Uh, Shire, first of all, what did you think of Thanksgiving? Let's give a little update. What did you think of Thanksgiving, your favorite holiday? And now we're leading up to Christmas. But what was your thoughts on your Thanksgiving festivities? You know, I think Thanksgiving was a success this year. Yes, <laughs> it was great. Um, as you all may know, if you heard the last podcast, um, we hosted. So it was nice mm-hmm. to welcome uh, at least my side of the family yes. into our home for um you know a nice meal i definitely take my thanksgiving seriously my if whenever i'm hosting i take it seriously oh yeah it's i no have joke. a spreadsheet i have a checklist what i have to do you know a couple days before what i should be doing the week before um the day before and on the day and mm-hmm. so it 
you know, parts of it is all hands on deck. So yes. I believe that your job this year was picking up the turkey. Ooh, so thank you for doing turkey. that. I didn't cook a turkey this year, yeah. but I probably will cook a turkey next year because I was not that impressed with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left <laughs> a little a to be desired for sure. Yeah. It was good. Tasted good. But it's just like you're trying to buy a turkey to eliminate the stress of cooking, right. brining, all that stuff. We ended up having to. I had to do so much. I had to make this Cajun butter. I had to make a gravy. I had to like doctor up this turkey that we spent a lot of money on. And I'm like, seriously, y'all, I should call. Anywho, I might call that restaurant and give them some feedback. (laughs) But I think it turned out well. We were able to um, get my brother and Mm -hmm. my sister-in-law in in impromptu. Yes podcast so definitely check out that episode there was a lot of laughter i will say yes it was but but i think it was like a really good conversation as well and it was nice to just have a guest this has been a long time right i I totally agree and it was fun to have someone in like studio with us so that was really cool um if you are eating leftovers still you need to be arrested put the leftovers away they're no longer good I was a bit saddened because Shira threw away my last piece of sweet potato pie that I had been saving, y'all. No, 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 no. This is what happened with the sweet potato pie. Tay wanted some. That's her daughter. So I said, okay, I'll give you a piece, but the rest is for dad. That's what I told her. Everyone knows that piece was for you. Okay. Marcus saw the piece, cut it in half. And said that he was saving half of it for me. Yeah. No, I was saving it for me. Oh, for you? Yeah. Well, then why didn't yeah, yeah. you eat it? Well, Shire, I was going to eat it that day. And I went in and you had been cleaning out the leftovers. And you let you cleaned that out. And it had been sitting out. You know, no, you know I like my no. pie chilled now. You know how I like well, Marcus, it. Marcus, it had been like five days. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I made that pie for you. Y'all, Marcus loves sweet potato pie. He loves his mother's sweet potato mm-hmm. pie particularly. Yes. And I said, you know what? This year, I'm going to figure it out. Yes. And so even before Thanksgiving, I was doing my test pie, trying <laughs> to get it the way that he likes it. So when Thanksgiving came around, the sweet potato pie would be on the table. Yes. We had plenty of desserts, but that pie, that was your pie. And if any so pie went to... So why did you test my pie? I, you need to eat the pie. I mean, we just told everybody if so many days have passed, it's too late for the food. I'll make you yeah, another pie. True. How about that? Okay, cool. Bet. We got a deal. All right, Shire. We got to talk about this, man. We're going to talk about a few things today. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, just some news updates on what's going on with the economy. I'm going to touch on later. We're also going to talk about a study that was done uh, to really tap into how we think about money. Do Is it about us making money or is about us making more than the next you know what i'm saying oh, we're gonna talk about that okay but before we do that shy let's talk about this buzzword that has just been going around since we you know shy we've been in this game for about since shoot 2017 okay that's just too long about five years right we've been in this finance game where we're talking about finance we're some some people would say educating others on finance, although we're not financial educators, but we're just sharing our story, talking about money, um, talking about building wealth, right? And it's gotten a bit corny. There's aspects of it that have gotten Marcus, kind of corny, really? right? A lot of buzzwords, a lot of cliches. It, uh-huh. I said the other day that in some aspects, the community has become a caricature of itself where it mm. starts to get distorted and kind of like, the term is called jumped, jumping the shark. Jumping the shark is a reference to the sitcom Happy Days, which was a long-running sitcom. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if you ever watch Happy Day. Shire don't Shire don't she, there's say a lot it. of shows that she I didn't don't watch. watch. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but Happy Days was a really funny show with the Fonz and all that, right? It had been going for so long. Even the guy Leave It uh not Leave It to Beaver. Uh Opie from Andy Griffith. You know the Opie, you know about Opie. I'm giving sorry here. This is your point. Okay, I don't know where Opie you're going. was in the show Happy Days, but him okay. as an adult. Okay. So anyway, the last few episodes, they couldn't figure out well, what was the content going to be about. We had had no more ideas for episodes, so they had an episode where the Fonz jumped a shark on a like you know surfing behind a boat. You know when you anyway, it was corny and people were like, "This show is just go- it's it's done." So the term "jumping the shark" was birthed out of that where. It's just cliche. It's it's overdone, right? Well, can I say something to that point? Yes. So, I don't think the space has become a. Would you say not a, as a whole a caricature? Caricature. But I think when we lose sight of the stories, yes, then that's when the there's room for jargon. There we go. Like if you have a. T- like, how about say a testimony? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know, if you want to share like. Your your the journey that you've, yes. you've been on yes the, your story the things you're able to overcome I don't think that those stories ever get old I agree with you Shar you know but when it starts to become you know just jargony yes buzzwords buzzwords or you're just saying things recycle stuff you've heard right? yes recycle things as you've heard not a fresh perspective there we go and then you're just saying outlandish things to just get reactions out of people yes then i see like i see what you're saying okay well i want to play you a video shire uh, of a gentleman pretty much describing exactly how i feel let's take a listen generational wealth which i hate that term i hate that term why because it's a it's a a, a marketing it turned into a marketing Facts. strategy, Facts. and especially in our community. Yes, and I'm tired of yes. our people constantly shoving that down yes. our people's throat about generational wealth, and then making people feel uh, um um what's the word I want to use uh, guilty that they're not setting their next generation up so that they could supposedly live that generational life. Everybody, if you listen to the word, is generational means continual. Okay, not generational meaning one generation. You understand? So, parents, you're doing your thing. Be proud of yourself. You're busting your tail. You're sending your kids to the best school that you can you can give them. You also want to better yourself. Bravo to you. Put, then put your kids in the next in the best position to then pass them the baton, and let them do their job. So I really wish that we would stop this generational wealth uh, uh, marketing to our people and then making our people. This is the reason why our people are doing penitentiary chances. This is the reason why our people are doing these PPP scams and all the other stuff that they're doing that'll get your ass locked up because you feel that you need to do this to level your family up. Nah, this takes time. Time. Shire, I want to get your thoughts on that and then we're going to go into in depth of what generational wealth means uh and so i just want to get your thought what do you think about what that brother just said i think there was a lot of facts that was spit in that right there what you think well it definitely sounded like he was spitting bars yeah he was and, like, he was busting <laughs> right think, he was rapping i think if you're listening to the podcast with music it, it might you know have a good flow to yeah. it i think that um the point broadly is uh, understood mm-hmm. about generational wealth and he was talking about the risk Ooh, that people are, talk about are, that uh 
willing to take yes. um, in order to provide for their immediate family needs, mm-hmm. but they're doing it under the guise of generational, generational wealth. wealth. So um, I don't necessarily hate the term. I won't go that far. Okay. Um, but, you know, he said that folks are using it for marketing. It's a marketing tool to yes. grab your attention. And um, sometimes, you know, uh, like what he said, you know, people will take chances. Yes. And I don't think that um, building wealth is mm-hmm. really about taking chances. It shouldn't be a gamble. It shouldn't be something that could put you, you know, behind bars. Thank and, it, you. and it also shouldn't be something that we use to beat each other up with. So yes. I definitely agree with a lot of what was said. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with what you said. I agree with what that brother said. Uh, I'm going to go and say, I, and I think we did a whole pod about is generational wealth. I forget what number it is, but we did a podcast about is generational wealth really a, attainable. Um, but I think that that word has, we, we should, Throw that word away. And no, really. Well, why? Why? Because I think it is a is aspirational at best. I think what we sh- there's more attainable goals that we should do. Right? If your generational wealth is something that I think is you're shooting for the moon. You know, uh, I don't know. I just don't know if it's something we should be. You're giving me a look, but I don't I think am. it's something that. Uh, look, just send your kid through college, right? It takes generational wealth to do that. You don't think it takes wealth to, the, to that, do that? If we th- strive to set our children up to where they could come out of college with no debt, that is exceptional. That is exceptional, and that is better than. Speaking about the specifically the black community, that is better than the generation before us did for us. Generation, we're not going to go from uh, parents not even being able to send their kids to college and pay for their kids' education into in one generation. We're going to literally set up generational wealth. That's not how. That's an impossibility. And I think we do that. We do that because it sounds great. It's it's a great conversation. It's it's it gets you mad clicks on Instagram. It gets you. Uh, it's aspirational at best, but is it realistic? We should we should. You told me this beautiful woman that I know named Shira Murray uh, told me goals should be smart. What is smart, Shira? What are the acronyms for smart goals? Let's go back to your coaching a certification i told you this you told me this what is a smart goal it should be specific specific measurable measurable okay attainable attainable (laughs) realistic realistic and time bound and time why you put me on the spot like that (laughs) shire is generational wealth a smart goal um it not if okay it depends on how you word it. If I just say, you know, I'm working really hard and I'm going to have generational wealth, personal generational, then no, because you're talking in you. too broad of terms. Yes. But can someone pass down? Well, what is generational wealth? I think that's we what need we to, need to figure I think out. We need to just take a step that's back. The, okay. All right? right. I like because that. You start saying stuff like sending kids to college, and it really takes wealth to be able to do that. And that's okay. something that I think about. Very often, like with our, I don't consider that wealth, but 
that this, this that, is great that to is wealth and okay. that that is what separates i mean you look at the huge divide in how much student loan debt is owed by uh people of color versus non-people of color and then yes. think about the financial contributions you know from parents that people of color receive mm-hmm. versus not folks of color so i that is wealth. If you can help your child through college, that takes that takes wealth to do that. And especially if they your child opts to not go to community college. Mm-hmm. Now we're planning on helping our kids based on you going to school, but guess what? You're gonna start at, at you're gonna start at a community college, mm-hmm. you know, unless you have a scholarship or mm-hmm. there's some type of, you know, I don't know, other circumstance. We're gonna navigate you through through your degree. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, but our thought is we're gonna help you, but you have to do it. On terms that yeah. work for us, mm-hmm. and they are will be adults, mm-hmm. and they can choose their own path. And they might say, "I don't want to go to a community college, mom and dad. I go in peace. I want to go, you know, to some other college across the country." Mm-hmm. And so that would make a huge difference in whether in our level of support in their education. If you're planning for your kid to go to community college versus them just going to say. They get accepted into a really prestigious school and it's a lot of money. So I think we're still navigating that and mm-hmm. I'd be better be better positioned to talk about it once our kids are older. But for now, we can make it a smart goal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> and this is what, you know, we plan to support our, our our children the best we can through college. But what is generational wealth? Is it completely off the table for black America? No, it's not. Okay. Let's hear it. I don't think it is, but anywho, we did. I did pull up an article, and this is from Capital One. I said, "Well, they okay. have bank, okay, so they should know." Let's see what they got to say about this. <laughs> um, so, well, I'll just hit some of the highlights. So, the first being that you know, it says estimates shows that each year about two million households receive some sort of inheritance or substantial gift, and um, a lot of those. Uh, transfers is through intergenerational transfers, which mm. is someone is who is living is passing on wealth, you know, to someone else, but they're still alive. Gotcha. You know, sometimes I think in our community, we, a lot of times sometimes. in our community, yeah. we say, well, when we die, we want to be this able house to is gonna be yours when I'm gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I mean, by time we, I'm 70 at that point, right? I'm 65 at that point. I look, mean, look how many years and knowing I got your left. family, you could very well be in your 90s, and your kids in your 70s, they probably have their own by then. Yeah. But anywho, so just taking a look at generational wealth, what is it? And as you know, when we were talking about it, we're typically referring to things of value that are being handed down from one generation to the next, and that might include assets from cash. Mm-hmm to real estate, art, and investments, and even stakes in family businesses. So that's yeah. how this article um, is looking at it. And then we talked about how some of those transactions are living. Mm-hmm. And so that's great, too. And um, another way to look at generational wealth or to expand the definition, the article says that it can mean reducing a person's financial burdens by paying for major expenses like education, so that's what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. or using connections to help find higher paying jobs or other opportunities. Okay. So think about that. Using your network is another form of generational yeah. wealth. 
And I know that we've probably seen that, <laughs> you know, in some companies, I'm not going to uh, go into whether Nepotism. or not. Yeah, yeah you know, like but that. it's in, you know, using your connections mm-hmm. to help your children get jobs is a form of generational wealth. That is okay. pretty interesting. Um, and it goes on to share that according to the Fed, most inheritances are for less than $50,000. Okay. So when we're talking about generational wealth, this generational wealth, that, well, we automatically in think, reality, we think Walt Disney when we yes, hear that. Okay. Yes. But in saying. reality, most inheritances are for less than 50000 and only about 2% were $1 million or more. Okay. So it's very few times that people are getting these huge inheritances. Gotcha. And we've already broadened the definition of generational wealth to include what education, um, passing down wealth while you're living instead of waiting until a person is deceased. Mm. And um, looking at the total, 50K, yeah, maybe that's something we can do in the black community. Okay, so what you did was you literally changed the the discussion by highlighting and illuminating, if you will, the definition, the true definition of generational wealth or of wealth in general. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, yes, my opinion has definitely changed from what the brother was saying on the front end. See, and that's another reason why the IG clips invoke a certain emotion right and you have to really take a step back and dig and see okay he said some good things but let me do my own not, uh, no pun intended but let me do my own research mm-hmm. because bro, i was ready to jump out the window based on what the brother said like yeah i'm with him but then when you break <laughs> down through a uh not responsible but do a reputable publication or a reputable company well, this is what uh, banking, the banking industry considers generational wealth. Now it's like, okay, well, yeah, I guess we, I guess we can shoot for that. You know, yeah. pretty, pretty much is what he was saying is like putting your kids through school or you, you should shoot for something like that. And I think what we do is we consider generational wealth, Johnson and Johnson family, the Waldorf, Walmart family, Walt Disney. We think of it in such big terms that we feel like, man, I got to do something crazy to get to that. Right. Really, it's a more, you know, 50K passing on, maybe passing on something while you're alive. That mm-hmm. is huge, right? Yes, I think that's something Just that, doing that. Yes, exactly. But, but before you go, babe, I'm going to let you go. I'm thinking, hey, man, we have five rental properties, man, you know. If I could give one of those to each kid, deed it over to them and with, with it in pl- with the with the property management in place and the tenants in place or whatever, that even is a kind of like a generational wealth type of play to where it's like this yours is, it's actively is, is already being managed. You could either sell it, keep it, you know what I mean? Boom, this is yours. That's kind of a nice little sweet thing. Imagine if your parent gave you a house that had already been being rented out and whatnot. And it was, yeah, it was out of state, but it's like, here it is. This is yours, you know? Go in peace. I mean, I think that's that, generational wealth, right? Yes, that is. Based on definition. That is, but I don't know. No, I'm not saying we I would do that, that or you would, would even want to do that. But because when you do that option. with a house, but see, that is something that would be on an IG clip and it get a million views. Yeah. 
just that part. Yeah. But once you put in the liability yeah. of having a rental property, hey, you can get the cash yeah, flow. Sure. But guess what? If that roof gets a, a leak, it's on you. It's on you. So that you would want to have a conversation with your kid. Like, do you want exa- a responsibility? Exactly. Like that? So yeah. that's a that's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. But if that's if they want to get into real estate, that could be something. The potential for them. is there. The potential is there. You know. But we talk about how we sensationalize stories. Mm-hmm. That little piece there. If I had you just with a green Ooh, screen behind viral. you and some good some music, good music. playing behind you, and it's like, yeah, this brother's passing brother's generational wealth. But there's more. Uh, to the story, yeah. there's that financial uh, responsibility mm-hmm. that maybe they might not be ready for. That's true. Or if something happens to the house, they'd be looking at you because you gave you gave them the house. No, no, and no. They say, "Why you, you give me you this now. problem?" Yeah, it's on you. You know. But anywho, but anyway, sorry to cut you off. You had something good you was gonna say. Well, we're gonna talk about the racial wealth gap, and I really don't like talk about the racial wealth gap. Okay. I don't know if y'all know me like that, but I do say that from time to time. But um, but let's just take a look at like what this article is is sharing. Mm-hmm. And it shows that the folks that are likely receiving these inherited, in, I cannot say this word. Inheritances. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> so this is a quote. They're saying that the data show that, you know, folks are like more likely to be college educated, have high incomes and high wealth. So the folks that are getting these inheritance, they are they are already have They're reached already a pinnacle it. of success um, <laughs> in their life, mm-hmm. and most of the recipients they said eighty eight percent were white. Okay. So that's you know twelve percent are folks of non color. They don't break down the data any more than that. So mm-hmm. just seeing that disc- discrepancy, I would say yeah, this could be something that we shoot for. Um, Keep going, Shara, because I'm feeling good about this now. I'm feeling, oh. I'm feeling a lot better about this. Okay, and then you know we hear statistics about the typical, you know, white family having. Well, in this case, it says eight times the wealth of the typical black family and five mm-hmm. times the wealth of the typical Hispanic family. And part of the way that they calculate that number is they're looking at inheritances and what's been passed on. So that's okay. uh, a quote that's you know in here as well. Um, and then it says, along with intergenerational transfers, the research, the research also cited home ownership opportunities, access to tax sheltered savings plans and individual savings and investment decisions as major factors that contribute to wealth accumulation and financial security. Mm. So those are things that if you want to pass on generational wealth, start thinking about home ownership is this is you beautiful. Just mentioned this. This this is beautiful. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here, Shire, because what we've done, and this was very unexpected on this pod, we took a moment or a something on social media that was uh, hyperbolic, right? It was it was eye popping. It was catchy. It was something that invoked an emotion to the point where we're like, "Yo, we should talk about this," and we extracted it, right? We took it apart. We dismantled it. We dug deeper. And that's why I say that this space has become a bit of a caricature of itself because if you just take what you see on these viral clips as face value, you're having a distorted outlook on things, right? Mm-hmm. Because what we've un- been able to unpack in this 15 minutes is that this generational wealth 
is obtainable, it looks way different than what you think it looks like, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's one thing that me and you have always been, been, uh, we've always had a realistic outlook on Shire is like when people would say stuff like, man, we, we would watch videos and people be like, yo, man, I got a hundred doors, a hundred <laughs> uh, units yeah. in like 10 months, you know what I mean? And they would be viral and we would be like, man, we doing this. And we know that that's not even, how could you even do that many transactions in that length? You know what I mean? We would, we would see it and be like, that doesn't feel realistic. Mm-hmm. We've always gave, given and held on to a real realistic ideology of what wealth looks like. It's not what we what we see on social media. And I think it's Mm-mm. things like this, like pockets like this, really highlight that. Like, let's just breathe. Let's just breathe. Generational wealth really is this. Oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh Wealth really is this. Oh, I can do that. If I just change this thing here, move this piece there and get serious about this, man, I'll be a lot better off. Because mm-hmm. I think we see it as this such a huge goal that I got to do something illegal to get to that. Uh, I got to make this. I got to scam. I got to do this. And it just it just it's, it gets into a cycle of just craziness. But if we really break it down, say this, if you limit your expenses, is if you pay down debt, if you save if you begin to invest the overage and you do that consistently, this is where you end up. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. That's actually good. It's not a lot of craziness that you need to do. It's just a few little key tweaks. Right. And and you can really set your family up going forward. Exactly. And then like, even the article is talking about your network. Mm, Even that your network is part of your wealth. That don't cost a thing. Right. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, but, you know, to that person's point, I think, um, well, to our point, Mm -hmm. when you take away the emotionality. I like that, Shy. What are we really looking at here? What are we looking at? Let's get get raw. It's like, oh, he's spitting bars. But what are we really talking about Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, there were some good things to what he was saying about how. You can start to feel bad about yourself. Even like what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I used to think, you know, we were doing real estate. and I used to think, are we not doing something that we should be doing? How in the world does this person get all their doors? Then it dawned on me one day that they were probably just counting all of the doors in the house. Yeah. They were counting the front door, the back door, the closet door. They had to be, right? The restroom door, the pantry door, the garage door. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, you do own those doors. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they ain't lying, technically, right? But yeah, Shire. Okay. But another thing, Marcus, it's it's funny. At the end of the article, let me pull it up again. They did have some, like, some steps. Okay. Let's talk about that. I don't don't even think you looked at the steps, but you kind of hit on a few of them. Okay. Um, and they got these steps from a family story and they, uh, the family was working on building up their own wealth mm-hmm. and they, you know, the, at this point they have a business and they're going to be able to pass some of those assets to their children, but they came up with some tips to help you get started with building or leaving a legacy. Yes. Or having a living legacy. Let me correct myself. So the first one is to start with financial literacy. Mm. And I think that that speaks to what the value, right, right? The value that of knowledge. Knowledge. And some of us, well, we might not be where we want to be financially 
we have we invested in putting in time so mm-hmm. that we have the tools and that this is information that we can share with our children that maybe our parents didn't share with us. Yes. So that financial literacy piece is the first step. And as you're getting on track financially, and especially if you have children, they're watching you. Mm. You know, they're watching. The next thing was taking a look at debt. And you just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And so it talks about um, making sure that you have a debt repayment strategy and also that you have an emergency fund. All debt, of those is like, things. debt is like a hole in the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it start, slowly starts to leak in, you know, sink your wealth. But go ahead, keep going. Yeah, they have create a budget. Mm-hmm. These are very practical things, right? Yes. Develop financial goals, and you said something about a smart goal earlier. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's coming together. So, mm-hmm. if you, what do they say? Um, oh, I'm gonna mess this. I'm going to butcher this. But basically, okay. if you aim at shoot for the moon, no, you if you aim at nothing. You'll hit it every time. You'll hit it every time? Yep. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have a goal. Okay, so yes, you can have generational wealth as a goal, but you need to figure out what that will look like. Yes. that Your generational wealth could be living, right? Mm-hmm. We think about it in terms of death many yes. times. This is what I'm going to leave after I'm dead. But what is it that you can do to support your children mm-hmm. while they're living? That's when they need the most help. Yes. I don't need... I mean, I don't really know because obviously I'm not there yet, but I would think that in my... We needed the most help in our late 20s, early 30s. Yes. Okay. So your generational wealth might be, I can't pay for all your college, Mm -hmm. but I'll get your books. (laughs) Yeah. I'll help you with your transportation Mm -hmm. and I'll let you live right at home. Live right up here. (laughs) So just think about what that might look like. And then number five is think about the next generation. So just... Mm. um, Okay, so the things that they list here is um, insurance policies, mm-hmm. wills, or trust. Mm-hmm. So that's having your stuff together. Yeah. So you're not. We're gonna get in our into the trust bag uh, this coming year too, y'all. Y'all stay tuned. Y'all, we, we gonna, have we gonna, to. We have some financial yeah. things we, that we, we need to take we got care some of. Things we need to do too. We ain't all and the way there. Once we take care of those things, we we're will gonna, share that share experience with, with you. Yes. And then they list. You know, you might also consider how you might pay. For your child's college mm-hmm. or assist. And we were just talking about that um, right right now. Yeah. And then number six is to reassess your financial health. And the comment on that is no financial plan is permanent. Mm. As your finances change, don't be afraid to revisit your plans and budgets. So a new job or a side hustle might bring extra income, new expenses, um, you know, might occur. As they do, and you'll have to just adjust your timelines accordingly. And they encourage folks to regularly assess their financial situation against your goals mm-hmm. and um, to just make sure that you're working towards, you know, building wealth. So I yes. think that this is very practical, starting with financial literacy, taking a look at your debt, creating a budget, develop financial goals, think about the next generation. And reassess your financial health. Now, if this was the steps to building generational wealth that we all knew mm-hmm. and that we were all on the same page about, I don't think that yep. our brother would have had, had so had much to anger off, towards right. the term. And and I don't think he would be saying that, you know, generational wealth isn't for us. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I, I think that he was saying that folks using it as marketing in a negative way. Yes. You know, something that can be unhealthy. Love it, Shire. Well, Shire, we got a couple more things to get on, and then we're going to get on out of here. 
uh, just a quick news update. I like feel like this year the theme for this year has been uh, paying attention to the interest rate mm-hmm. when it comes to mortgages and credit borrowing in in general, and how the Fed is like been raising the rates for like been almost two years now. So that's kind of been an ongoing thing. Many listeners are interested in buying their first home or getting into real estate. We know that from the analytics. So we just want to keep you abreast on what's going on with the interest rates. Are they going to bring them down? What's going on? Well, uh, as of December 1st, Fed chair, Jerome Powell, you've heard his name many a times. If you listen to this podcast, uh, he calls talks of cutting rates premature and says more hikes could happen. So that's kind of what's going on right now. Uh, Last time I checked, interest rates, mortgage rates were in the eights um, hovering around low uh, high sevens, low eights. So, so interest he, is still crazy. Sharon. So it can still go up. It that's can still what go saying. up. That's what he's saying. That's just something to just keep in your hip pocket. We want to give you the news, uh, you know, big news in the economy. We want to make sure we're keeping you abreast of that. I got a fun one real quick. Sharon. We're going to get on out of here. Okay. There was a study done. And I want to get your thoughts on it. We touched on it the other day, but I want to get it live on the podcast. So I'm going to give you two scenarios, and I want you, the listener, to tell me which one you would rather do too, right? Matter of fact, let us know. In, if you're listening to us on Spotify, let us know. Uh, we're going to post this question in a poll on Spotify. So let us know which one you'd rather. Would you rather? Okay. Shire, would you rather make $100,000 a year? Okay. And the rest of the world make $200,000 a year. Uh-huh. Or would you rather make $50,000 a year and the rest of the world make $25,000 a year? <laughs> I'm not changing my answer. Okay. Okay. Tell me your answer and then you can tell me why. Okay. Y'all, so he, Marcus asked me this in the car yesterday. We were on a little road trip. And mm-hmm. I said I would rather make 50000 <laughs> And the rest of the world make 25000 okay. And my reasoning for that was that if everyone made $25,000, I would think that the world and goods and services and The economy things, at large. Things would be more affordable. That was kind of my logic okay. in thinking. And then obviously I would be bawling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but... I don't know, Marcus. Okay. And my and my retort to Shire was you're literally cutting your potential money in half. And but see, Shire gave this really good, this really like uh noble reason for it, right? So I couldn't really cut at her in a way that you would most people that would opt for that. Because the study showed that most more people opted for that as well, but their reasoning was rooted in, I just don't want nobody making more money than me. <laughs> like, it was more rooted in wanting to be the baller than it was, well, because, you know, if everyone else makes this, then the economy will be less. And I, you have, you gave a really <laughs> educated reason. So I couldn't like roast you. But my, I would take the 100K because I'm making double than the other scenario. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Others are making more, but. But because they're making more, they can afford more. And I'm wondering. Would that affect the con- the economy at large? Would that affect your ability to survive? Um, That's actually a great but, way to look at it. But I don't know. I mean. It's a great way to look at it. I don't know, Marcus. I mean, 
say you could comfortably pay all of your bills mm-hmm. with that budget, well, with that salary, and there's not a need. Yeah. You know, to make that kind of money. Um, but I guess you know, with the other situ scenario, making fifty k and everyone else making twenty five k, you just kind of put yourself in the one percent. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> let me make one percent, or would you rather be? Well, this is our podcast. Let's make it even easier. Nothing changes about the economy. It's the way it is right now. Oh, then I couldn't do 50K. I don't think okay. I'd be able to live. And I don't think anyone else would be able to live on 25K. I think that would be a, it'd be a crazy world. Okay. All right, that's fair. All right. Well, I want you all to let me know what y'all think. Which one are y'all going for? The 50K or are you going for the 100K scenario? And you need, And please let us know why. And we'll talk about it on uh, the next podcast. Shira, are there any other thoughts, uh, concerns, anything you want to get off your chest? We're Uh, here. I'm here. The podcast uh, is here. (laughs) We're all family. Good to go? I'm good. (laughs) And I hope that everyone has a great week. Yes, we hope you have a great week. And we're going to holla at y'all on the next one. Peace. Bye.